You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. All right, today I am joined with our blood rival. Uh, it is Ben Kaspic of Locked On Giants. We are going to be trading some barbs. We're going to hopefully be nice, but also uh, really get some digs in. So, uh, Ben, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I'm really looking forward to the A's coming into town. It's been a while since both these teams were like pretty good at the same time. Uh, lately, frankly, it's been all A's. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to the Giants actually having something in this little competition that happens every year. That actually leads me to the first thing that I wanted to talk about. And that is, can you remember a time that both teams were this good? The Giants are the best team in the National League. The A's are right in there with being one of the better teams in the American League. 2014, I know that the A's had the best record in baseball for, you know, the first half and they were fantastic, but were the Giants right in there too? I can't remember how good the Giants were in 14, right around when they, you know, crossed paths with the A's. Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly when they played, but I do remember that 2014 season really well. And in the first half of the season, it was the A's and the Giants mm -hmm. who had the best records going in all of baseball. The Giants had the best record in baseball at the all-star break that year. And similar to the A's, I believe, right? They both mm -hmm. fell apart in the second half of the season. And that was the crazy wild card game. I'm sorry to bring that up. I know, that's fine. Right. With the A's <laughs> in Kansas City, which was one of the better, you know, baseball games I've ever seen. I completely but anyway, agree with you on that. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It the, the outcome sucked, but holy crap, what a game. <laughs> it was unbelievable. But it was that was a crazy year for the Bay Area teams because they were both so great early on and both really, really struggled in the second half. So for me, yeah, that would be the last time because I don't I don't remember exactly what the A's record was in 15 and 16. But that's basically the last time the Giants were good was 15 and 16. So it's been a while. It, it's sure. going to be fun for sure, because. There was a point in time, you know, 10, 12, and 14, where the Giants got all the publicity from the Bay Area markets on the national stage. And uh, right now, both teams are absolutely crushing it, and neither team is getting much love whatsoever from the national media. And it is wild to me, because you'd think that that would be something that they would want to talk about. But no, it's, I mean, I, I love the guy, but Shohei Otani is eating up a lot of oxygen and, uh, you know, obviously what's wrong with the Yankees and all that stuff. But I'm like, the Yankees weren't supposed to be good. The Giants were supposed to be much worse and they're much better than the Yankees. Um, what has been the recipe for success in San Francisco right now? The, the San Francisco treat, if you will, what are they doing to, uh, to get everything going right now? Well, at this point, they're pretty much doing everything well. Uh, I would say that one thing that gets a little bit overlooked from the average baseball fan and the national media and what have you is that they're a really good offensive team. And that kind of came to fruition last year. Also, I know that when the giants played the A's last year, those were some of the worst losses for the giants in decades. I mean, a couple of huge ninth inning leads blown in back to back games. So 
something that gets overlooked though is that uh in those games, the Giants had big leads against the A's, and that they kind of did that all season long. They had bullpen problems, so they blew a lot of those leads, but they were uh, a really good offensive team. And one of the questions was, is that going to carry over into this year? And it certainly has. They lead the league, and by the league, I mean all of Major League Baseball, not just the National League, in home runs. They're also first in shutouts. Uh, they showed a note on the broadcast the other day that that's only happened a handful of times in the history of the game where a team led the league in home runs and shutouts by their pitchers, home runs by their hitters, shutouts by their pitchers. So the starting pitching has been fabulous. You mentioned Shohei Otani. Yesterday, the Giants were in Anaheim to play the Angels, and it was Kevin Gosman against Shohei Otani. All the headlines on MLB.com were about Otani and it's like hello Kevin Gosman if you look at the numbers he's having just a ridiculous type of season and he was really good last year too so anyway the bullpen early on was like the only flaw with this team but that's come around quite a bit so as of right now they're basically firing on all cylinders well that's just great yeah (laughs) (laughs) well it's liable to change you You know it's baseball I mean, the A's, what, they lost seven in a row or six in a row to start the season and look where they are now. So Yeah, it's been a wild, wild season in Oakland. Um, they had just won seven in a row uh, going into, well, I guess it was after the first game in New York, and then they've they floundered a little bit. They lost the last two in New York, and then they split a series with the Texas Rangers. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what's going on. Mark Canna might be hurt. He's probably, my guess, this is not from anybody, my guess is that he's not going to be playing in this series. Um, just because of his uh, his hip strain, so uh, yeah, we'll see how this what the severity is of that on Friday. But as we're recording, we do not know. I'm just guessing that he'll be out. And you take the A's leadoff header with a 375 on base percentage out of the lineup, and somebody's going to step up, and we're going to find out who. It's going to be very very interesting. And you mentioned uh, last year's series, and for a second I was like, the hell happened last year? I, I don't remember. And then you said that the Giants had a big lead. I'm like, Trevor got that's right. Oh my God, that was amazing. Um, those were some fun, fun games from my standpoint. Um, Trevor got's not on the team anymore, right? Correct. He's okay. he's in their minor league system. He is. Yeah, they DFA'd, DFA'd him and nobody claimed him, and then they they uh outrighted him to the minors. That would do it. Um, also, Brandon Crawford leads the team by a wide margin in home runs and RBI. That's wild to me brandon crawford doing it again obviously if the giants are leading the the majors in home runs he's not a one-man show but if he's not having a good game does it feel like the giants are slightly less productive on offense or is it somebody else going to step up from there it's a different guy every night it literally is a different guy every single night one through eight of course with the pitcher in the lineup they're not getting any production out of their pitchers. <laughs> I will say that their pitchers have been terrible at the plate. But one through eight, they anybody can do damage. And I mean, frankly, it's a, it's kind of a complicated answer as to why that's happened. But it has a lot to do with the Giants have become a lot more likely like the Oakland A's. And I know Giants fans don't love to hear that, even though the A's have had a ton of success. So really, it's not an insult. But with the platooning and with the kind of finding undervalued players, getting the most out of these lesser known players, like you mentioned, Mark Canna, he's one of the most underrated players in the entire sport. I would mm-hmm. say if you look at the numbers and, you know, nationally, just the average 
casual fan has no idea who this guy is, but he's a really good player. So anyway, the Giants are kind of like the A's now in that way, where they've got production from a number of different guys, guys coming off the bench, platoons. So yeah, they don't need Brandon Crawford. A lot of times he might not start a game and they don't miss a beat. So that's kind of how it's been. And, and it's been a fun ride for sure as they're 48 and 26. <laughs> they have been, you just like leaned into the microphone for the 48 and 26. It's just crazy. Media. I mean, it's crazy. It's it is the best wild. record in and- the game and they've got the run differential to back it up. They've outscored their opponents by over a hundred runs this year. Hey, it's me again. I got lots more to talk about with Ben Kaspik of the Locked On Giants. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it so far. We're talking a little bit more about the Giants and then a little bit later on about the Oakland A stadium situation, uh, the team in general and just all that stuff. Uh, So you're not going to want to miss all that. But I do want to tell you guys that decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. So team up with wealth friends instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stonks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on the preferences that you control. And Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. And now back to my conversation with Ben Kaspic of Locked On Giants. Coming into the season, I was like, they've made some interesting moves. Like John Brebria, I know that he hasn't pitched a whole ton, but John Brebria, I thought that he would be an interesting guy. And they just made a few of those moves where I'm like, I've always liked that guy. He, That's a good move. Okay. And so I thought that at the very worst, they'd probably be like roughly 500. Um, they are well above 500 right now. And like them doing this well is surprising, but them being a good baseball team in this season does not surprise me. Um, just that's what Farhan Farhan does. He just does this. It is the Oakland A's-ness of it all. That's um, kind of the way that baseball is going for better or worse, but depending on uh, how people see it. Um, I do want to ask you about Brandon Belt's injury. Um, is he out for a while? Cause he pulled his groin. It looked like he was going to score. And then all of a sudden uh, broken play, he was rounding third, uh, throw got away he started coming home and then the throw beat him by a mile and I was like he should have been there what happened and then he just collapsed and uh did not look good is it his groin that was or his knee it was his right knee yeah so we don't actually know the severity basically they were really vague about it after the game all we got was a you know quote from Gabe Kapler who just said he's gonna get he's gonna get it scanned So he's missed a lot of time over the last couple of years. He's a key part of that offense. And again, he's a not unpopular, but he's a polarizing figure among Giants fans. He does it in a little bit of a new school type of way. A lot of walks driving much of his value, but you're right. It didn't look good. And so I would, I'm with you. I I would expect that he's not going to play much like what you said with Canna. I think if we're looking, if we're guessing, he's not going to play in this series. And it, it may be a lengthy 
injured Liste. He's had surgery on that knee in the past, so it it definitely didn't look good to me either. He's been so good, and I have always liked him a lot. He is he has very dry sense of humor. Um, I've just enjoyed uh, seeing what he does. And I always wanted him to go to Colorado because he would hit so many home runs in Colorado. And then people oh, would yeah. be like, Brandon Belt is good. I've been on the Brandon Belt is good train for, you know, since the, the whole uh, fight started. Um, I got one last thing for you here. And it, it relates to the Brandon Belt injury. And that is, uh, do you want Mitch Moreland to play first base for you? Because I'll let you have him. <laughs> I saw that you put that out there on <laughs> in our group chat on Twitter. Uh I don't think so. I, I actually checked out Mitch Moreland's numbers today ahead of doing this podcast. And, you know, he was quite fabulous last season, mm-hmm. but this year, you know, you can speak to it more than I can, but he just has not been able to get, to get it going. It seems he's got a 282 on base percentage, not hitting for much power. He's really just fallen off a cliff. I don't really know how to explain it. Uh, perhaps you can elaborate on that. He'll put some, uh, you know, a couple of games together and then it's just not there. And I don't know if it's just because he wants to play every day or there's something going on and we don't know what it is. Um, It just seems weird because usually he's a little bit better in the first half. So the fact that he hasn't done it yet means, hey, we should probably upgrade at DH. And if they can move Mitch Moreland, then they can go after and go get like Nelson Cruz or something like that Um, because, you know, he's only around for uh, the rest of this year in Nelson Cruz and also Mitch Moreland. So if you can make that work, then you can have an upgrade at DH. But I don't know that you can have both of these basically DH types with Matt Olson over at first base uh, on your roster at the same time. It just wouldn't be the best way to do it. So especially when Nelson Cruz hits both righties and lefties. So I don't know what they're going to do in that realm. It's We'll see. But if you want him, you can have him. He's good defensively at first base. That's not nothing. Yeah, the, the thing is, like maybe in seasons past when it wasn't Farhan Zaidi running the show, that would be a fit. But the fact is now that they've got a ton of depth and they've got guys up and down their major league roster and up and down their 40-man roster who can come in and play that position. And actually, there was a really unpopular move that was made just a few days ago to option Lamont Wade Jr., the a guy the Giants acquired from the Twins in, in the offseason. And he's played really well for them, but they sent him down simply because they had a roster crunch and he had minor league options. So the Brandon Belt injury likely means that they'll call up Lamont Wade Jr. again. Wade Jr. is an outfielder naturally, but he played first base when Belt missed time earlier in the year. And he proved very capable defensively and he's hit well. He's patient at the plate. He's got, he's, he started hitting for a little bit of power. He's stolen some bases for them and he's gotten on base. So he's been a good player. He's got a zillion years of team control. He's got the minor league options. So I think the Giants in the position they're in now would rather just continue to give a guy like that a shot rather than, you know, someone like Mitch Moreland. If they didn't have any other options, then, Certainly, but I don't think he's probably a, a fit for the Giants at this point. Fine, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fine. No, no, nobody wants Mitch Moreland now, but everybody likes Mitch Moreland when he's good. Mm. <laughs> I know. It's um, great because last year, yeah, he would have had a ton of demand. And in fact, he was so good last year. He got traded last year. I don't know if that's right. going to happen this year. We'll see. I mean, maybe like the Red Sox are like, yeah, hey, let's take a shot. Why, why not? 
because the asking yeah. price is not going to be high right now. No, I'm thinking they if if they need to clear a spot, he might be just a DFA candidate. I mean, it'd be like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars ish, I think, is what he would be owed for that last two months. So that's not enough to make the A's not make that move. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see, I guess. And then somebody else can pay that. It'd be fine. Hey, it's me again. Ben is about to ask me a whole bunch of questions about the Oakland A's and just everything encompassing the storylines of the A's season and, you know, on and off the field as well. But uh, I also want to tell you guys a little bit about a couple more of our sponsors. And the first one is Bet Online because they are the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all. All of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their runs in the playoffs and teams like the Montreal Canadiens have already established themselves in the finals of that. So uh, very, very big on the Canadiens win on Thursday night. Go go Habs. <laughs> and if you want to play some money on the Habs or the A's going against the Giants this weekend, head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on and that is why everybody says that bet online are your online sportsbook experts this episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain stores to carry all of the auto parts in stock that you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket save time and money when using rock auto why choose to spend 30 50 even 100 percent more for these same parts from a chain store or dealership you can choose the brand's specifications and prices that you prefer over rock auto and all of their prices are reliably low for every customer it's not different for professionals and do-it-yourselfers it is the same price for both categories right there so you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and now the rest of my conversation with ben caspic of locked on giants um, what do you got for me and the A's? I got lots of stuff. I mean, there's always <laughs> a lot of rich kind of topics that come up whenever these two teams meet. And, and you know, the perspective of Giants fans, we're always aware of the A's across the Bay. There's the stadium stuff. There's the relocation kind of stuff. I, I know it's a little off topic, but, you know, you're obviously way more involved in knowing about this stuff than I am. I Giants fans, I think, want to know what's going on with the latest about the A's and their search, their perpetual search for a new stadium. And then about a month or two ago, the commissioner giving the A's the okay to seek relocation out of the Bay Area. So what's going on with that? 
basically that was a ploy that the A's had in their back pocket from the commissioner. They were offered that back in the Laney College, uh, like 2017, 2018 uh, era, where they're like, hey, if you want us to put some pressure on some local municipalities, we can do that for you. And then they decided to do that, you know, just a month or two ago with a, when Manfred said, go ahead and relocate if you want to. Um, so that's where that came from. It does look a little bit more serious now that they're officially potentially looking at, uh, you know, moving to Vegas. Uh, they haven't figured out where in Vegas they want to or where in Nevada. Um, they're still going on scouting missions and seemingly finding more and more places to build ballparks. So that's also not good. Uh, Dave Cavill definitely has said, uh, you know, they're on a parallel path and trying to build in Oakland and also find somewhere in Nevada to play. So um, that. Not what you necessarily want to hear, but it does feel as though the Oakland City Council, who has a vote coming up on July 20th, has uh, you know been coming to the table a little bit more. There's been so much just false information, and I don't know that the two sides necessarily want to be in the same room together, but when they are, it feels like they're actually making a lot of progress, so... We'll see. There is a lot of speculation from the SF media, as uh, as Dave Cavill said, um, the, the Chronicle, you know, they've got some guys that definitely do not like writing about the A's in a positive light. So every week it's, you know, oh, the A's are terrible and they should move and they suck and I hate them. Uh, talking about Scott Osler on that one. <laughs> every Sunday he has a, a, a headline piece on that. Um, but Basically, it's July 20th. That's when we find out the the future of the A's. That is when the vote is happening. Um, will it be a cement vote on whether or not they're staying or going? No, but we will have a little bit better of a reading of the tea leaves, and we'll see what's going on from there. But uh, they need to get an upvote on that one to continue trying to be in Oakland long term, and uh, we'll see what happens. I go week to week on whether or not I am excited or disappointed about what's going on right now. So uh, hopefully everything works out great, but I am also holding my breath. So we'll see. Just on a personal level, I'm curious about what, and maybe you haven't even let yourself go there, but like, what would be your reaction if this team moved to Nevada? It would be very difficult. I don't know. I'd have to really do some searching on whether or not I still want to be a fan of the team just because they're in a different place. I'm a fan of the Oakland days. Like if they change the the Jersey colors or anything like that, it wouldn't make any sense to me. I don't know that I'd like, that's not the same team. That's no, um, I don't know, but it is something that I have considered. I'm like, all right, well, do I have to find like, start looking at other teams? I don't know where I'm at right now. And I love the A's. Uh, it has been an emotional roller coaster. And uh, it has not been fun. And uh, I am expecting, well, my wife and I are expecting a little baby boy. And I want to share baseball with him and, uh, you know, take him to A's games and all that stuff. I don't want to take him to a Giants game. Do we just not go to baseball games? That's not fun for me. I want to go to Oakland A's games at Howard Terminal. That's what I want to do. So um, there's just a lot of different emotions. And I'm always one of those guys that tries to plan for, you know, the worst and, you know, hope for the best kind of thing. So I am definitely thinking about what could happen, but I also don't take it as seriously just yet. So it, it's, it's there, it's in lingering in the back of my mind, but I'm not letting myself just get super sad about it at all times just yet. Well, for what it's worth, which is not much, I too hope that the A's stay in Oakland and uh, that ballpark that is 
been drawn up and shown, you know, everybody's probably seen it. That is it Howard terminal. You said the location with the, with the green, just, it looks beautiful. And I really hope that that comes to fruition at some point, but moving to a different topic, a totally different topic. um, I'm thinking about the A's and their roster. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at Elvis Andrews who who's playing shortstop and not, playing a particularly productive shortstop, at least at the plate. Uh, He has just really been a non-factor at the plate. And then you look over to Marcus Simeon, who is currently kind of, you know, back to being the great player that he was for the A's in 2019, but he's doing it with the Toronto Blue Jays. So can you talk a little bit about how that whole thing went down where Simeon, from what I understand, he wanted to stay uh, he loved it here. He's, he went to Cal and the A's kind of lowballed him. So what was your reaction to that? And how does it feel uh, seeing, I mean, how does it feel? It's a tough question, but you know, what is your reaction to, to Andrew struggling and Simeon having a monster season? It was expected, honestly. Um, you know, right. The A's don't really resign guys. And once you saw what he went for one year, 18 mil is seemingly high for the A's on somebody like Simeon because he had that one fantastic top three finish in the AL MVP season in 2019. But otherwise he'd been, you know, roughly league average, maybe a little bit better. And for them to spend $18 million on any player is a big ask. And for it to be on not somebody that's a certainty would be an even bigger ask. That's why I think they offered him, you know, $1 million over the course of like 50 years or something. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I had never heard of a, of an offer like that. It, it, I, I was insulted for him after get, get seeing that offer. Um, and that was, you know, obviously the media had a, a field day with that one. I'm like, yeah, that's, they probably should have just not offered him a contract at that point. Um, but He's been really good and I am extremely happy for him. I am rooting for the Blue Jays because of, you know, everybody that they got. They got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Who's probably going to win the AL MVP over Matt Olson as of right now, which stinks, but you know, it's fine, whatever. Um, and then they've got so many other good players and Marcus being a part of that. I am happy for him. I think that that's awesome. And I hope that they, you know, win the AL West or AL East, make some moves, get some pitching and just make a run. If it's not going to be the A's, then, uh, that, that's my other team right now because Marcus is over there. But Elvis Andrews, I know that it looks like he's, you know, not very good. He, he doesn't hit home runs. He has never hit home runs. But otherwise, I mean, over his last 30, and this is, it goes back beyond that even, he's hitting 303 with a 349 on base and a 414 slugging. So the slugging's not there. So that's what really brings down his OPS. But his on base is almost 350 over the last month. And that's not bad. And he's playing very good defense. Uh, he's been making plays almost every day right now. So uh, the first month of the season, we were all clamoring for Trevor's story. And now we're like, do we even need him? Ace Twitter, at least the people that I see are like, I mean, Trevor's story would be nice, but where do we put him? Because Tony Kemp is also playing extremely well right now. And what it's basically, how much do you believe in their performances right now? And how much of an upgrade would Trevor story be? Cause if both of those guys are going to be playing shortstop and second base in like a playoff series, and then where does Chad Pinder go? Where does Jet Lowry go? Uh, there are a lot of questions and just fitting Trevor story in there and story has not been great this season. He's no. 20% below 
where he was last year, which was a down year for him. And uh, so he's roughly league average right now over the course of the season. He had a couple of home runs on Wednesday, but um, just taking him out of Coors, I know that that has an impact on people, not because they're not playing in Coors anymore, just because uh, you're seeing balls differently on a more consistent basis. Could be good, could be bad. We don't know. And uh, I don't know that with the limited trade capital that the A's do have, if Trevor's story is necessarily, or, you know, upgrading at shortstop over Elvis Andrews right now is where they need to be spending some of that trade capital. I'm just fine with Elvis Andrews right now. Yeah. The thing is, if if he's a great defensive shortstop, which he is, and he hits ninth for you, then that's not so bad. If you need him to hit like second or first or something like that, then maybe it's more of an issue and, and when you said he's been really good in the last month, when I look at the overall numbers, it made me think, wow, he must have been that bad. He was really, bad. really bad in the beginning yeah. because the overall numbers are still pretty darn bad. I think it took but, him until the middle of May to get over 200. So he was yeah. really bad for a while. Yeah, the Giants have had a couple players like that too. They've Mike Talkman is someone who's been mm-hmm. playing a lot. He's not starting for them, but he's just completely been lost at the plate. So, you know, it happens. Certain guys just go through long periods of struggling. But I do want to switch the topic of conversation to Matt Chapman. You mentioned Matt Olson, who's having a fabulous year. But when I look at Matt Chapman last year and this year, I just I see some changes. Like last year, obviously weird year, shortened year. He only played 37 out of the 60 games strikeout rate shot up to 30 and a half percent on base percentage dipped to 276. And then looking at this season strikeout rate still North of 30% uh, on base percentage has rebounded. Walk rate has rebounded, but not hitting from as much power. Always a great, great defensive third baseman, but what the heck is going on? offensively it looked like this guy was going to be a superstar but the last couple of years have been a little bit uh un matt chapman like at the plate well last year he only played those 37 games because he had to go get hip surgery so he missed you know, from the time that that got announced to the end of the season and the end of the playoffs he didn't play anymore so it could be him just getting some of his power back uh dealing with repercussions from hip surgery um and also his approach at the plate it looks like he's trying to pull stuff an awful lot he's been off a lot on fastballs uh don't tell farhan and the the front office that let them figure that out for themselves um yeah he's been having a hard time catching up the fastballs and just doing anything with them um for the last while um so he's been hitting a little bit better but he's still very inconsistent right now. He'll have a couple of good games and then kind of go into a little bit of a dip and try to do, you know, more pulling the ball and all that stuff. If he's using all fields, he's going to be fantastic, but he's been trying to pull the ball a whole lot. And uh, I think that that's where he's running into a bunch of trouble right now. Well, I hope that uh, the giants do figure that out. And (laughs) and honestly, they probably do because they're, they are smart and they come into series with, with really good plans. And so I'm looking forward to it. Kind of the last question I have for you is talking about the pitching matchups and just kind of our expectations for what we're going to see here. We've got Sean Manaya against Johnny Cueto on Friday and then Frankie Montas against Alex Wood on Saturday, Cole Irvin against Sammy Long on Sunday. So it's a little bit, there's some names in there that, I mean, Cole Irvin and Sammy Long are not, you know, household names necessarily, but I know Irvin's been good. 
for the A's. I know Manaya has been fabulous this season. So I guess what can, what do you what are your expectations when you hear that those are the matchups? I know nothing about Long. Uh, I saw that he's pitched in three games. I'm like, hey, it was he a prospect or did they just like sign him and then he just uh, has also blossomed into a fantastic pitcher? Where did he come from? Well, it's a fascinating story. He was drafted, I think, by the Tampa Bay Rays, and then they cut him on the last day of spring training a number of years ago. And he ended up like temporarily quitting baseball and he was going to school to become a firefighter. And then he he kind of had second thoughts about quitting the game. And he went to one of those places where they, you know, work on mechanics and and do the the edgertronic cameras and all that. And and his video went a little bit viral. And I guess the White Sox took notice and they signed him to a minor league deal. And then there was COVID. So he didn't make their team last year. And I'm not sure if he was at the alternate site or not, but whatever. He ended up uh, reaching minor league free agency or something. I, I don't know the exact details, but anyway, he was not on the White Sox anymore. And the Giants were able to sign him this offseason. So he comes in to spring training and was just really, really good in spring training. He's got a big, big curveball that that is a really good pitch. And he also throw, can reach the mid 90s with his fastball. So he goes to the minor leagues, dominates, and they just call him up. And he's been pretty darn impressive. The ERA doesn't necessarily tell the story. I think it's around four, mm-hmm. but the peripherals suggest there's a lot more there. And just watching him pitch, I think he's been off on occasion, but when he's on, he's got some really nasty pitches. And that's that's kind of the story. He just kind of came out of nowhere, and here he is pitching in the rotation for the Giants. Nice. I, I'm very intrigued by that matchup now. Um, yeah, Manaya has been fantastic. He's been throwing ball, you know, heaters uh, inside a little bit more to right-handed batters. And he's been, you know, kind of afraid to go in there before. And now he's just pitching with an edge and that's his whole thing this year. And he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Sometimes he'll give you, you know, seven innings shutout ball. Sometimes it'll be like five innings and two runs or something like that. But for the most part, he's been really, really good this entire season. Frankie Montas is a boomer bust pitcher. He always has been. His ERA is basically uh, because of three bust starts where he's given up seven runs uh, in two of them and I think eight runs in the other. Uh, But otherwise, he's been a three ERA guy. So he's been really good overall, just not with those three starts in mind. And his last start was obviously not great. So hopefully he rebounds in this one. Uh, And then you got Cole Irvin, who if he's hitting his spots, which is on the black of the plate or of the strike zone, and if he's even getting an inch or two here or there on either side of the plate, he's that's just what he does. He's fantastic. Um, but every now and then, he, he doesn't throw hard, so uh, sometimes he's able to get squared up by the opponents. Uh, so we'll see right there. You know, obviously, Johnny Cueto is a, a nuisance for A's at bats on on the regular. So uh, that should be fun. It doesn't matter how good or bad he's doing. He seems to always go like seven innings, give up like one run against the A's and then uh, Wood's been fantastic. So this should be a fairly fun series. Uh, I mean, obviously you guys got the home run bats, so we'll see. Um, What is your bullpen like right now? I know that uh, Trevor Rogers is fantastic. Um, And when I was writing about the giants minor league system, uh, he was a guy that always stood out because Taylor Rogers, his twin brother, is a lefty 
in uh, on the twins and he was the one that was known about him like no, no no there's another one and he he's a submariner and he's on the giants it's amazing and uh every time i see him pitch i want to let people know that <laughs> he has been fabulous he's he's another guy that's a little bit underappreciated though by by giants fans there have been a couple of notable times when he he blew a game but i'm just like come on that's that's baseball your, your relievers are going to give up runs from time to time and if you're pitching in tight games that's just going to happen I think the story behind it more so is that he doesn't strike a lot of people out. So there's always balls in play. And when there's balls in play, weird things can happen and weird things with a funky guy like him, weird, funky things can happen. Like he gives up so many weekly hit balls that sometimes you see, you know, infield hits and, and things like that. But the giants bullpen was definitely the, you know, it was their undoing last year. It was completely their undoing. Those A's games, Trevor got, we're talking five-run ninth-inning lead, the A's. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember now. Yes, I, <laughs> I very much remember. And, oh, boy, what? why did he keep pitching? Why did they keep bringing him in? It was amazing and confounding at the same time. Well, he had been good prior to that, and he was really good the previous season. But at the same time, your point is well taken. And, <laughs> and in hindsight, they should not have gone to him there. But... So that was kind of what undid them last year. And then at the beginning of this year, it was the same story. However, since early struggles, they've really settled down and they've, they've, they've had a lot of turnover too. They've, they've optioned some young guys and they've brought in some veteran guys that they had signed as uh, you know, to minor league deals and guys who started the season in AAA, Dominic Leone, Zach Littell, Jimmy Scherfe. These are like major league veterans who, have been around and had some success. You mentioned John Brebbia. He just finally came back, had Tommy John a couple uh, last year. And, you know, is he just came back like a week ago. So they've got a lot of veterans in that bullpen now. And Tyler Rogers has been fabulous. And Jake McGee has been pretty darn good also. So it's confidence is at an all time high for this giants bullpen in terms of the last couple of years. Uh, Speaking of the A's pen, I know that that's been a little bit of a weakness this year. You cringe as I say that. Jesus Lazardo, I, I, I've noticed, has been optioned to the minors, which is mm-hmm. surprising given how professional and good he looked a couple of years ago in that A's bullpen. And then I have to mention, uh, you've got Giants favorites, Yusmero Petit and Sergio Romo uh, in that A's bullpen. And of course, Sergio Romo, very hilariously the other day dropped his pants while you know asked to be you know to hand over his glove and and hat to be inspected for sticky substances he did not take kindly to that he doesn't seem to like it and he 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 dropped his pants so uh a's bullpen in general but also romo and that that whole thing it was really funny and you know reading all the reports because everybody had to write a think piece about that um, he was like, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing at all. It just kind of happened. I didn't plan on doing that. It just kind of happened because I gave up the run and I was mad about that. And I was like, oh, you want to see my stuff now here? Fine here. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of what it was, which I thought that it was more of a playful thing because knowing Sergio Romo and just every, you know, just how he is, I just thought that he was just messing with him. And I thought it was funny, but coming off of the Max Scherzer doing it in disgust, uh, you could see why people are, you know, more mad. Sergio Romo didn't mean anything by it. Um, but Melvin did also say that he, we're not going to be seeing that again. So he probably laid down the law a little bit there. Um, 
but the two best relievers, according to war on fan graphs, I know that you love the saber metrics, uh, are Yusmero Petit and Sergio Romo. Those are the days, two best guys, not necessarily that. I mean, obviously, uh, Petit's been good for the most part this year. He gave up a couple of runs on Wednesday's game. Uh, I think like three, four, three pitches, like two runs. It was not pretty whatsoever, but, uh, yeah, he's he does that sometimes. But for the most part this season, he has been fantastic. Uh, Sergio Romo has a really not a great ERA, but his FIP is like right around three. So he's been arguably the according to FIP, the A's best reliever, which is wild. Uh, did not expect that. But the guys that you're going to be seeing late in the games are Jake Diekman, who sometimes struggles with command. And then Lou Trevino, who is usually pretty good and doesn't let anybody on base. But every now and then he also blows a save because that's baseball. Um, yeah. And then if the A's are down, you're probably going to be seeing, uh, Diolis Guerra who just eats up lefties. Uh, love that about him. The A's only have one lefty right now with Luzardo down. So, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline. Cause they obviously need more depth pieces. Uh, they got JB Wendelkin down in the minors in Vegas right now. He's been good start, you know, a uh, good appearance, bad appearance, good appearance kind of thing. So we'll see. Um, but they're going to need to make some moves. We do not feel nearly as good as you do about the Giants pen, but the A's rotation has been fantastic. They have the most innings pitched in baseball. Uh, so yeah, they're just getting seven innings from Chris Bassett every time out. And then a lot of other guys can go six or seven too. So that is not usually A's baseball, but it's working this year. And uh, I am fine with it. Uh, they just need to make a couple of moves in the bullpen and maybe get another batter too. And all of a sudden, A's are going to the World Series. <laughs> that would be something. I mean, it seems like they've had a lot of good chances and, and then just it hasn't hasn't worked out that way. A couple wild card, which, by the way, I just I think the wild card is insane. It's just not it's not right when you play a full season, you win like 97 games and all you got is a one game shot. I just think that's not fair. I've never liked that. And hopefully that changes at some point. Uh, but you mentioned Chris Bassett. I just have to say Giants are lucky. They're missing that guy. That guy is just pure funk and really effective. But on the flip side of the coin, the A's are fortunate they're not seeing Kevin Gosman or Anthony DiScofani. Those have been their two best starters. So it's not, you know, a peak matchup in that regard, but it should be a good series. And the Giants are opening up to full capacity for this series at the state at Oracle Park. So it should be close to a sellout from what I've heard. So that that'll be fun. It'll be good to see. It's going to be such a fun series. Uh, I hate playing the Astros because that's not fun, but I love playing you guys just because you know, there's there's a little bit of a... Usually it's a little bit more even than the A's and Astros, where if the A's win a couple of games, you're like, oh, okay, well, that was fun, cool. Uh, but usually they're very close and tense. But playing the Giants, win or lose, we're all having a little bit of fun because we're all you know neighbors and whatnot at the end of things. So uh, it's a little bit more fun in that. I definitely don't root for the Giants, but... <laughs> I don't dislike you guys nearly as much. Um, yeah, but that's all that I got for you. That's all you got for me. Um, where can the people find you and the podcast on social media and, you know, in person? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on social media, they can find me at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. We've also got a show account at L-O underscore SF Giants. And then the show is Locked on Giants. And of course, you can find it wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, the Odyssey app, or is it even called that anymore? I don't remember. I think but so. I yeah. think so. They just re did so, a rebrand. Yes, that's right. Odyssey app. So 
Yeah. What about, what about you? Where can my listeners find you uh, on social media and otherwise? <laughs> uh, the show is at Locked on A's. You can find us wherever you get podcasts. If you're listening to this, we're there. Um, also, you can find Locked on A's on Twitter, at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app, another rebrand for you guys. And uh, they're doing great, great work over there. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to join in on a conversation like this, download the Spotify Green Room app and uh, we will tell you what's on our minds. So that's always a good time when we do that once a week. Uh, ben, you do them once a week too. And Once a week. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I never know when I'm doing them, but I'm like, ah, I'm here. So you got to right. have your phone on high <laughs> alert, turn your volume up and uh, be ready. And join us. All right. Well, thank you for uh, doing the crossover here. And uh, maybe we can get some sort of a friendly wager going uh, once we stop recording here. Yes, for sure. Anyway, yeah. Th thank you so much for having me. I hope that it's a, a fun weekend. Everyone stays healthy and it's good competitive baseball. I I'm down for that. All right. Take it easy, man. You too. Ben and I made that friendly wager, and whoever wins this series, the loser of, you know, if the A's lose two out of three, then I have to do his intro for his next episode. Maybe not next episode, but an episode next week, depending on our schedules. And I'll be like, oh, this is Jason Burke from Locked on A's. The Giants took two out of three or whatever. And if the A's win two out of three, you're going to be hearing his voice, probably instead of Amelia's voice as my intro. So that'll be a lot of fun. That is the bet that we have. So, uh... Root for the A's, I hope. <laughs> I would like to not introduce Ben on Monday. Uh, but that's all that I got for you guys today and this week. Uh, you can follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. So until next time, you guys, uh, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk with you on Monday. 